our first stop, the gateway to heaven that spins you skyward on the great space wheel, the fabulous gateway where you guide your own rocket and taxi to tomorrow. You have now been transported through a wormhole to the universe known as AS313, aka Aesthetic Sound Waves. Targets are locked and are on signal. No need to change your transmissions. The music and sounds you are hearing are authentic and true. No low and high bypass filters needed. I am your host, Glass. Tonight's episode is a rare and old radio transmission aired on Earth circa 1976. It was a short story written by Ray Bradbury entitled Mars is Heaven from the Martian Chronicles. Sit back and relax. Make sure you have that glass of raw meal and ale and listen to tonight's story. We'll be back after the first part of Mars is Heaven. When the first space rocket lands on Mars, what will we find? Will we be welcomed with open arms, or will the Martians treat us as invaders? Only one thing is certain. Someday a giant metal ship will take off from Earth to travel through the black velocities, the silent gulfs of space, to descend at last into the darkness of the upper Martian atmospheres. And on that day, man will finally know the answers. The day we first land on Mars. Now hear this. Now hear this. Approaching critical deceleration. Fasten gravity suits. Stand by to land. Mr. Lustig, what do you make of the terrain? There seems to be a heavy ground, Miss Captain. We won't be able to use our infrared lights. Then we'll have to come in on radar. Well, isn't that a little risky, sir, landing in the dark? I'd rather run the danger of a blind landing, Lieutenant, than come in without the cover of darkness. Remember, we don't know what kind of reception is waiting for us down there. Airspeed 500. Altitude now 4,000. Bridge to engine room. Stand by for deceleration. Engine room, aye. Fire forward tubes one and three. Aye. Skids down. Skids check. Altitude 500. Four. 350. Three. Up a point now. All right. Let's set her down. Look out! <laughs> Cut the power. Master's pipe battle stations. Aye, sir. All secured, sir. Well, we're on Mars. April 20th, 1987. 4.33, Greenwich time. Enter that in the log, Masters. Aye, sir. Well, gentlemen, it's less than two hours till dawn. As soon as it's light, we'll send out a landing party. Masters, get me an all-over hookup. All set, Captain. Now hear this. Now hear this. All right, men. The smoking lamp is lit. We're 17 men on an alien world. And it's up to us whether we ever get home again. Next few hours should tell the story 
and I want instant obedience to all commands. I'll court-martial the first man who doesn't jump to when he's ordered. And one other thing. We may be on Mars, but this is still a United States naval vessel. Officers will conduct a personal and weapons inspection in one hour. That's all. Inspection, Captain, now? Mr. Lustig, we've got an hour and a half to sweat out before we find out what's outside that airlock. I'd rather have a man worried about his stripes, about what's waiting outside on Mars. Now hear this landing party report to forward airlock. Captain Black, Lieutenant Hingston, Lieutenant Lustig, and Dr. Horst report immediately to forward airlock. It is now landing time, minus five. Sounds like they're paging us, Hingston. You ready, Dr. Horst? Yes. Ready as I will ever be. Oh, come on. Let's report to the airlock. Four minutes to go. Hey, where's the captain? Who knows? What difference does it make? Just want to get it over with, that's all. Has anybody uh, got a cigarette? I think you're smoking too much, Lieutenant Lustig. Are you nervous? Lay off, will you, Horst? Wondering what's hidden outside underneath that ground mist? Very unusual planet, Mars. Why? It has an atmosphere. Wonderful thing, an atmosphere. Where you find one, you find life. You mean Martians? What do you think they'll look like? Who knows? Intelligent life can take many forms. You mean they may have green skins and eyes on stalks or something? The comic book conception is possible. Or they may have developed to a point that is far beyond us. Perhaps they have a science that can produce weapons far more dangerous than our atomic missiles. You think we may have to fight our way out? After all, we are invaders. Now hear this landing time minus two. Landing all time. All right, minus all right, two. we heard this. I know what I'd like to find outside that airlock. Good old Illinois. <laughs> you ever been there, Lustig? Only Chicago. Well, you ought to see my hometown. Green lawns, big white houses. Sounds like my hometown. My grandmother used to have one of those iron deers on the lawn. Every Halloween, we'd paint it another color. One time, we painted it black and white like a Holstein cow. <laughs> Where does your family live, Horst? I have no family. When I was a child, they were gassed to death in the Dachau concentration camp. That's tough. Oh, it has its advantages. I have no ties on Earth. Nothing to lose now. I imagine I'm the only one on board who is free to enjoy our present peculiar position. All right, Lustig. You can button it up now. Aye, sir. <clears throat> Gentlemen, in one minute, we'll be the first men to set foot on Mars. Quite an honor, eh? As long as the medals are not awarded posthumously. Still uneasy, Dr. Horst? Captain Black, I've been uneasy ever since I can remember. On Earth and on Mars. Now, 30 seconds. Give me the intercom phone, Lusty. Masters? Aye, sir. Battle stations to be manned till we return. If we're not back in two hours, I want no rescue party sent out. Blast off and save the ship, you understand? Aye, sir. All right, gentlemen. Five seconds. 
four, three, <coughs> two, one. Lustig, open the outer airlock. Fresh air. Let's go. Hold it, man. It's too dark to move fast. Quiet, isn't it? Not even a wind. You can't see anything through this ground, mister. Quiet. We don't know what's out here. Come on. What the? Quiet, Captain. I, I could swear that sounded like a rooster. I don't hear it anymore. A very unlikely sound. A rooster crowing on Mars? Kingston. Aye, sir. Set that machine gun 25 yards to the flank. We'll stay here till the ground mist lifts. Aye, aye, sir. What do you make of the ground, Horst? Grass. Plain grass. You could see some large foliage there where the mists thinned out. Kingston! Hold your fire, you fool! Some kind of wild animal. I hit it. I could see the tracers, but it's still standing. Come on, Hurst. Doctor, doctor, where are you? Up ahead, admiring the wild animal. Careful, Hurst. Wait for us. Don't worry, Captain. Huh. It's an iron deer, a lawn ornament. That's impossible. It's hollow. Interesting, isn't it? A whitewashed Victorian iron deer sitting on a lawn in the middle of Mars. I don't understand. Look around. The mist's lifting. The captain. Look there. A house, a regular old-fashioned house. On Mars. Good Lord. I haven't seen carved scrolls and gingerbread like that in years. Look at that port swing. The geraniums. There. I told you it was a rooster, captain. Give me the glasses, Lustig. I want to take a look through that front window. There's an upright piano. Some sheet music on it. Lustig, it's beautiful Ohio. Beautiful Ohio? That can't be. Look here, Horace. Do you think that civilizations of two planets could be identical? I don't know. That specific variety of geraniums is only 50 years old on Earth. Is it logical they should develop in Mars? How about that port swing and that, that piano and beautiful Ohio? No, it's impossible. Captain Black. This looks like the town I was born in. Well, it looks like my hometown, too. I've thought of something, sir. It's the only solution. Maybe we're not the first ship to reach Mars from Earth. That's the only answer. That's impossible, Lustig. There have been space travel that couldn't be secret. Do you have any idea what ships cost, what industrial power is needed? There's got to be some logical reason. Captain, I think perhaps we might find out. A light just went on in that house. Kingston, cover that door with the machine gun. Aye, aye, sir. <laughs> Come on, horse. Let me ring that doorbell. There's got to be a scientific answer to all of this. There's something moving in there. Stand back, Horst. Give me a clear shot. Maybe a Martian. Can I help you? We... We were looking... Well, if you're selling anything, it's much too early. Uh, no, no. Wait. Wait a minute. What, uh... What town is this? What do you mean? Are you census takers? No, we're strangers here. We want to know how this town got here. Is this a game? No, no, it's not a game. We're from Earth. From where? 
from Earth. Do you mean out of the ground? Hey, uh, are you sure you're feeling well? Madam, we came in a flying ship across space. We're from the third planet. This is, this is Mars. Now do you understand? Mars! Now, you go away now, you hear? I'll call my husband from upstairs and he'll chase you. Now but go on. this is Mars, isn't it? This is Green Lake, Wisconsin, in the United States of America. Bounded on the east by the Atlantic and on the west by the Pacific. Now, 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 go away. Goodbye. Horace, do you suppose it's really possible that... I've got to find out more about this. For the last time, now, go away. Pardon me, madam. What year is this? Year? Well, 1928, of course. Oh, for goodness sake. You hear that, Horst? And we know it's 1987. And we know it's Mars. Is it possible that we got fouled up, made some tremendous blunder and circled around and landed back on Earth? In 1928? Well, maybe some switch in time or, or dimension. Could we have shifted somehow and gone backward in time? Horst, it won't hold water. It's not logical. We've checked every mile. We went past the moon and out into space. We're on Mars. Find out anything, Captain? No, we're going back to the ship till I figure out some logical explanation for all this. Lustig, out at point. Aye, sir. Hingston in the rear. Keep that gun at half load. Aye, sir. Horst, there's got to be some cold, logical solution. Captain. Captain. What? That house down the street. The white one with the green shutters. Lustig, what's the matter? I never thought. I never thought. Thank God. Thank God. Lustig. Lustig, come back here. He's running for that house. That crazy fool. After him, quick. Lustig. Stop. Come down off of that porch! Grandma! Grandpa! Lustig, what Grandma. the devil do you think you're trying? Grandma and Grandpa, it is you! Lustig, what's going on here? Albert, why, it's been so many years. How you grown, boy. Oh, it's so good to see you. Lieutenant Lustig. Oh, oh, Captain. Uh, Grandma, I want you to meet my friends. This is Captain Black. Captain, oh. I want you to meet my grandfolks. Howdy. <laughs> Any friends of Albert's is friends of ours. How long have <laughs> you been here, Grandma? Oh, good many years. Ever since we died. Ever since you what? Oh, yes, sir. They've been dead 30 years. What? You mean to tell me that Mars is heaven? Oh, nonsense, no. All we know is here we're alive again. And who are we to question God's infinite ways? I... Lustig, we're going back to the ship. But, Captain, I want to talk to my grandfather. Lieutenant folks. Lustig, I don't like any part of this. You come back with us, I have to club you and carry you. Yeah, but, sir, there might... Heaven only knows what they've run up against back of the ship. Dimension X will continue in just a moment. Well, now let's come back to Earth for a moment. And what's more appropriate than Wheaties and baseball? You'll see what I mean as I introduce Ed Prentice, who has a special treat for you. Carry on, Mr. Prentice. Folks, I'd like to have you meet a good friend of mine and a prominent member of a fine little organization known as the Chicago White Sox, Mr. Lucius Benjamin Atwood. Ooh, Ed, don't say it like that. Whoever heard of a ball player named Lucius? What if I went around calling you Paul Edward Prentice? Let's just make it Ed and Luke, huh? <laughs> All right, Luke. Say, just how long have you been with the White Sox? Over 20 years, Ed. Golly, I played in darn near 2,500 games. Been at bat almost 9,000 times. Man, I'm from way back. Well, Luke, you don't look it. How do you keep up the pace, anyway? Well, Ed, I sleep good. I eat good. I eat mighty good. 
Wheat is about four mornings a week. Those little old flakes put a lot of snap, even in an old-timer like me. Must be because they're 100% whole wheat. I sure like wheaties and milk and fruit. You know, Luke, that's exactly what I hear from a lot of ball players and plenty of other people, too. No wonder they call Wheaties the breakfast of champions. Well, thanks, Luke Appling and Ed Prentice. You know, folks, you may not be a champion ball player, but Wheaties can help you feel like one. So try them. Wheaties, that is. See how Wheaties at 7 can help at 11. And now to our local sponsors. Ladies and gentlemen, this show is sponsored by Dilla's Delights in downtown Detroit. 242 John R Street, Detroit, Michigan, 48226. Email is Dilla's at gmail.com. Phone number 313-346-3771. You can also look at their email, or excuse me, their web address at www.dillasdelights.com. Ladies and gentlemen, this is a organic and natural gourmet donut shop. I can attest to you that the donuts made here are very good and excellent donuts. Vegan, non-vegan, you know, whatever choice you want, they've got. Um, man, I hear folks all the time talking about them, and I can tell you one thing. Me also being a customer and an ambassador of this product and also the folks who sponsor my show, I also have to say they do a great job. My number one donut, favorite donut, I should say, is the Aaliyah Lemon Filled Donut. If you like lemon meringue pie, that is the way to go. It, um, it's crazy. It's reminiscent, the feeling is, of, uh, of eating one. So, moral of the story, folks, is you want good donuts in downtown Detroit, you know where to go. Go to Dilla's Delights, the one and only. Go say hi to Uncle Herm, the owner. So, that being said, that's, uh, let's get back to our show now and see how our crew is doing. This is Glass. I'll be back with you after part two of Mars is Heaven. <laughs> Look at that crowd around the ship. Looks like we're being welcomed with a celebration, Captain. Celebration? They've abandoned ship. Every port is open. No guards yet. You! You, Masters! Hiya, Captain. Meet my old dad. Dad, that's Captain Black, and he's not a bad guy for an officer. Of all the... Kingston! Oh, what, sir? Bring that man back. Use force if you have to. Uh, I... Excuse me, sir. There's my Uncle George. Kingston! I'll be right back, Captain. Uncle George! Uncle George! What the devil Don't is going... Don't you understand, sir? They've all found friends and relatives. They're all here. He's right, Captain. I've counted. The whole crew's out in the crop. But I gave orders. Definite orders. You don't understand, Captain. I understand oh, mutiny. I don't care how many relatives show up. I'll have discipline on... Johnny! Johnny, you old son of a god. Edward. Edward. It's you. It can't be. <laughs> of course it is. Johnny, you old son of a god. Ed. Edward. Dr. Horst. This is my, my brother, Edward. How do you do? Hello. It's... It's wonderful to see you, Edward. Look, I, 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 I've got to get back to my hey, ship. Hey, I almost forgot. Mom's waiting at home. Mom? And Dad, too. Mom? Dad are alive? 
Excuse me, Horst. Then you're real, then. <laughs> Don't I feel real? How's that, huh? <laughs> Ed. Ed. Right, we've, we've got lunch for you, Johnny. Mom's making corn fritters. Corn fr Dr. Horst, haven't you found anybody? Uh, no, Captain. I have nobody. Then you come on home with me, right, Ed? Sure, you bet. Horst, you wouldn't believe it, but it's been 35 years since I had Mom's corn fritters. By George. 35 years. <laughs> and there's plenty more in the kitchen, so don't hold back, Johnny. You too, Dr. Horst. Well, Johnny, you're still in the Navy, huh? That's right, Dad. I'm in command of the ship. We're an old Navy family, Dr. Horst. All three of our boys in the service. Ed was the best pilot in the Pacific. To... What didn't happen, Ed? Oh, what's the difference? I'm here now. Oh, you know, it's almost perfect. All we're missing is your brother, Will. Then the whole family could be together. Well, it won't be long, Mom. Will's in charge of the XR-54. That's the next rocket coming out to Mars. Well, little Will. <laughs> when does he leave, Johnny? Takeoff scheduled for September, but it depends on what we report. <laughs> There's no question about that now, eh? Christmas together again. That'll be something, huh? Yes, sirree. Well, this calls for a celebration. How about a little of the old dandelion wine, eh, Johnny? Now, Father, don't you go giving Johnny too much wine. Oh, he's a big boy now, Mother. Oh, well, sir, isn't everything just fine? Just fine. <laughs> Well, Dr. Horace, what do you think of my little family, hmm? Very nice. You know, I can't understand why you didn't find any folks here, Dr. Horace. It's just a shame. Everybody else is so happy. I never remembered my family, Mrs. Black. All I know is they were gassed at Dachau during the Second World War. When I was liberated, I was in a delirium three months. I cannot remember anything before then. The psychiatric phenomenon. That's terrible. Isn't there anything anybody can do? I don't want to remember. Oh. I haven't had a pleasant life. I prefer to be free of emotional entanglements. They interfere with a scientific approach. I'm sorry, Dr. Horst. Oh, I'll get it. Hey, that's our ring, long and three shorts. Oh. I remember that. Well, maybe we'd oh. better call it a night. You must be getting oh, yeah, tired, yeah. Johnny. I'd better be going back to the ship. Oh, nonsense. You stay the night. We insist. Oh, I just couldn't rest thinking of you all alone on that ship. Oh, I'd be all right. Well, good night. Oh, wait a minute, Dr. Horst. That phone message was for you. Me? Yes, that's right. A message from Anna. Anna? I don't remember any Anna. She asked if you were better. Well, perhaps she's someone you knew at Dachau. 
Anna? She said she's coming over here first thing in the morning. So you'll have to stay over. Yes, Well, that but... settles it, then. You stay here, Horst. You can bunk with me in my old room. Oh, but Johnny, we thought you'd like to be with Edward. So you could talk the way you used to. Well, we can't put Dr. Horst on the daybed. I think we'd better share the room tonight. There'll be plenty of time for talking, Ed. I guess so. Well, I suppose I'd better drop back to the ship. You know, Ed, security check. Well, why do you have to do that here? Well, I don't know. There's no good reason, I guess. <laughs> well, I suppose we skip it tonight. Oh, oh sure. sure. Well, good night, everybody. <laughs> oh, it's good to have you home, Johnny. It's good to be home, Mom. <laughs> Captain Black, are you asleep? No, no. I just been thinking about what we were expecting. <laughs> Green-skinned Martians with eyes on stalks. All the time there was only Mom and Dad and Edward waiting. Ah, it's funny what tricks your imagination can play on you. Yeah, I guess Mars is heaven, Horst. Hmm. I've been thinking about Martians, too. Captain, just suppose, suppose there were Martians and they saw us land. Suppose they thought of us as invaders. What would be the best weapon they could use against our atom bombs? I don't see what you're getting at. They would want to disarm us first, hmm. to wipe out all suspicion, to make us feel at home. Mm -hmm. But suppose this house isn't real. Suppose the people are just images, stolen from our own memories by Martians, created for us by telepathy, hypnotism. <laughs> that's the craziest theory I ever heard. Maybe that's why there was no one for me. Because in all my life, there is no happy memory, no real love person. How about that phone call from Anna? Yes, Anna. I didn't remember who she was, but I do now. I've just remembered. When I was freed from Dachau, sick, delirious, I raved about a wonderful, kind nurse named Anna that took care oh, of me. there you are. It's logical. She's coming to see you tomorrow. But there was no Anna. I'd be nursed by a man. What? Anna was only a dream. And there's only one way they could have learned about her. By reading my subconscious mind. But that's impossible, Horst. Why? The whole crew was thinking of home. Suppose the Martians read our minds. Yes, but if... But there are Martians. If there are, they have us separated. Each man in a different house. Sleeping. Trusting. No one at the guns. I left my pistol downstairs. Do you, do you think there's something to this, Horst? It's a perfect trap, Captain. Who would suspect his own mother? His grandparents? How easy. Just a knife in the heart of each sleeping man. That's impossible, Horst, We've, we've got to get back to the ship. Listen. The crickets have stopped. Come on. We don't know when they change back to them. Whatever they really are. Careful. Where are you going, John? Ed, well, we... We wanted to drink a water. That's all, Ed. We, 
You're not thirsty, John. You don't want a drink. You don't want a drink. His face, it's changing. And his hands, he's a Martian. Run, horse. Run. Get away, John. You can't get away. This way, horse. Can you hear me, Earth? This is Captain John Black, the XR-53, calling from Mars. I've locked myself in the ship, but they've crippled it. I, I can't take off or fire the guns, and they're coming for me now, the Martians. I'm all alone here. All the rest are dead. Hingston, Lustig, Dr. Horst. Poor Horst, he didn't even reach the door. Listen, listen, they're trying to break through the hull now. Edward and Mom and Dad and all the folks. But they're changing now, melting and changing back into their Martians. Can you understand me? Martians, not men. They made us think that Mars was heaven and we fell into the trap. Can you hear me, Earth? You've got to stop the next rocket. Tell, tell my brother Will. Tell my brother Will not to come. They'll trap him too. They'll kill them all. Hello, hello, can you hear me, Earth? This is John Black on Mars. Hello, Earth. This is John Black on Mars. Tonight, Dimension X has presented and transcribed the Ray Bradbury story, Mars is Heaven, adapted for radio by Ernest Canoy. Man, that sucks. I hope, you're, uh, I hope your holidays aren't that bad. Welcome back. Um... Yeah, so you know what? You know me, folks. I, uh, I have to make a list of notes so I do not get sidetracked. So um, look at my paper right now. And I'm going to have to highlight my first thing before I go any further. Uh, one, before I even get to that, that, that was the whole entirety of Mars is Heaven off the Martian Chronicles LP by uh, Ray Bradbury. As I said, it was written... 1976 and aired also so <laughs> tonight's episode has been inspired by a lot of different things uh, but um <laughs> a long time ago I used to work at a television station in Reno Nevada and, uh, and I've probably said that before in other shows in fact I know I have but I, uh, I used to work with a gentleman named Zombo. Yeah, the Nevada people, or at least Rio Nevada people, will know this person. Uh, what's up, Zombo? Uh, um, anyway, I was, uh, as I was doing this episode, I caught some, uh, I guess a little bit of Zombo-esque type feel. Uh, a little bit with the Twilight Zone without really trying to rip it, but, uh, you know... I, uh, I did my thing, but yeah, there's a um, reason why I bring up Zombo is because one, uh, if you guys have never seen the show and or heard about it, look it up, um, tune into it on News Channel 8 for the Times, uh, great show, uh, but there was a show a long time ago, he, uh, he did it called, uh, what was it? Santa Claus Conquers the Martians, uh, it, it was a film he did a spoof and jokes on, anyway, um, I kind of picked out some themes. But anyway, shout out to Zombo and the whole Channel 8 crew from back in the day and still. Uh, what's up, guys? Hope things are going well. Also, 
This episode is inspired. Uh, recently, I've been getting back into the analog and Asimov uh, science fiction pulp uh, magazines. And um, I just wanted to put a different flair on the show. And thankfully, a lot of the uh, sci-fi stories I've been reading and uh, so forth, they really helped inspire this episode. So thank you to the folks, the writers, and all the authors and so forth over at Analog at Asimov Science Fiction Magazine. Much appreciated. Uh, hope, hope you guys out there are listening. On to my next. Um, uh, well, you know, before I go any further, I have to say, I hope your, I think I already said this, but I'm going to say it again. I hope your Christmas is going better than that cruise Christmas. So, uh, try to, uh, let's try to make your Christmas a little not like theirs. Uh, you know, enjoy time with the family. Happy holidays to everyone. But, um, yeah, you know, remember the important reasons of this season. Uh, you know, it's family time and, or yourself time, whatever it might be. But, uh, you know, don't get stressed out, you know. This is time to relax. Time, time to relax. So, that being said, I have to give a few personal and universal shout-outs. Speaking of universe, hello. Um, I have to give shout-outs to these places first because I'm getting a lot of hits here. Portugal, thank you so much. I, um, I see the stats, and you guys are tuning in a lot. Much appreciated. Uh, man, I'm going to have to put a special episode of something soon. Give me a little bit. Um... The Thailand, Japan, state of Michigan, like always, thank you. You guys give me so much love and support. Uh, Ohio, Utah, and uh, man, from the rest of the U.S. and world, I get a lot of love from a lot of different people. Uh, so thank you. Much appreciated. And uh, you guys are listening, actually, believe it or not, to the first episode of the season three. So I think it's a good way to build in a special holiday episode, right? whatnot so speaking of the holidays um i just want to get into the little moral message of the holidays as like i said you know um i know things are stressful everyone's trying to cook dinner kids are crying or what you know you might have that uncle or aunt you don't like over but you know in the end it's like i said um don't get caught up in the commercial aspect of this and uh you know just maintain you know chill uh, it's not about what you have, it's about what you have up in your head and uh, what you have also uh, with your family members, you know. Anyway, I won't get too philosophical tonight. I'm not going to wax poetic, you get the gist. But I will say this, please do not, if you're partying hard, which you have a right to, um, do not drink and drive. And if you do, uh, excuse me, if you do have a few sips or whatever, uh, hand those keys over to someone. Get a designated driver. You know we don't need that. So pe keep people on the road safe. Uh, so, yes, that's my number one, I guess, PSA. Do not drink and drive, and I will repeat that, yes. Uh, very importante. Um, that being said, um, contact info. I, uh, I always tend to forget to tell you guys this. If you want to get in touch with me, you can either email me at the email on Podbean, um, and you can also email me on my personal email uh, for the subject matter. Put AS, aesthetic sound waves, and whatever you want from there. It is, this is one lowercase word right here. This is D E F 
J-U-K at yahoo.com. So yeah, as I said, just put the title, just put the show name and your issue, whatever it might be. And um, yeah, so again, contact with me from there. Uh, any personal thoughts, etc., so forth. Um, Getting my thoughts together. I don't want to talk much anymore. Actually, <laughs> I originally was going to end the show from this point, but I ended up running into a record. I went crate digging a few uh, a few days ago, or actually yeah, about a week ago. Either way, and um, I got some good uh, some good records. Actually, shout outs to uh, to people's used records out there um, here in Detroit. Uh, you guys always hook me up, and I got some great. Uh, rare and uh, awesome oriental records so um, I'm going to send you out tonight I'm gonna do something really quick before that but I'm gonna send you out with a uh, it's off a it's all in Chinese most of this record is except the titles um, so all I can tell you it says the or uh, the title of this LP made back whenever it was looks about 50s or 60s was uh, is entitled the oriental music and it's a asian well like an asian latin jazz version you'll hear it. it's actually quite inventive uh of silent night so i think you cats will dig it out there um speaking of digging i uh i want to finish off tonight with reading you guys Speaking of the devil, uh, a poem from Asimov's uh, December, November, see, I'm, I'm looking here, uh, yeah, November, December's issue of 2018. It's a poem written by Megan Englehart. I uh, really liked it a lot, and I think it fits, you know, um, with uh, this whole holiday episode. So, I'm going to read it to you guys. It's entitled, Echoes of Light from Orbit. I took the Christmas shift, as usual. I'd rather watch a console lights with a cosmonaut than It's a Wonderful Life by myself. Jimmy Stewart was on anyway, because Sergei had never seen it. Everything, in the, everything was in the green, even the tricky O2 hose, so I watched the Earth keep pace below. You can see a lot from up there, like how bright the world is even when I know half of it's in darkness, and how big the oceans are, and how everything seems to stand still when you're in geosynchronous orbit at 0.5 kilometers per second. In the kitchen, Sergei whistled Silent Night. I never liked that song. It has no teeth. But when I was a kid, it lit up the church every year. I thought about the little church down there, raining, singing on its way. Now that's a good hymn. And I wondered if they were lighting candles, seeing that stupid song, and if the building was ablaze with the lights and voices. For a moment, I thought I could see it, a tiny spark among the greens and blues, until Sergei brought dinner and the tricky O2 sensor blipped red. Next year, I think I'll home, go home for Christmas, see if that little church still lights candles and sings Silent Night and shines as bright as it does from space. Megan Englehart, Echoes of Light from Orbit. <clears throat> Let me take a uh, sip of my water here. So, ladies and gentlemen, um, have a good holiday season. And once again, be safe. And uh, hope you enjoyed tonight's episode. I will uh, 
I will catch you next time, next orbit of Aesthetic Soundwaves when it comes around. So, uh, once again, thank you for the tune-ins everywhere in the world and in the universe. Hopefully someone out there is listening. <laughs> um, till then, you folks be safe. This is your man, Glass, signing out.
It's time to say farewell for a while to the world of tomorrow that we've just explored. It's our hope that each time you take the tour on this record, you'll relive the excitement of Seattle's Space Age World's Fair, a monumental achievement of our time that will be a lasting legacy for the citizens of tomorrow. Thank you.